Okay, so international travel has rendered our podcast a little late. Manchester United were a little late to... No, they weren't particularly. They they were quite good early in the match and then in the middle of the second half, actually. Um, they were just bad late, actually. Yeah, just um, ring, a, a frustrating there, one all, <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, a frustrating uh, one-all draw, it turns out... Uh, that so far this season is literally exactly the same as last season um, in that we're playing all the same players and getting exactly the same type of performances. Yes. I mean, this time Fred and Matic were dreadful in midfield rather than Fred and McTominay being dreadful in midfield. But, you know, um, similar players, same sort of results. Uh, Although I think we came back and won at Southampton last season, didn't we? Just uh, no Edison Cavani to save us this time. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of frustrating. I mean, United definitely had the chances to win that game, for sure. Although you know it's 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 low xG all round, um, but uh, but there was the Pogba header in the first half that was reasonably close, and I think there was a Bruno diving header in the second half, and Pogba sort of attempted to dance through Southampton's defence, and he shot wide in the second. You know, but just not not too much good stuff from United and quite a lot of frustration. Well, I, I don't agree, actually, that, that that it's not too much good stuff from United. I thought United did loads and loads and loads of good stuff in that game, just not quite enough right when it counted. Yes, I, can, I guess and that's just, what I just mean as... from, in terms of the chances and stuff. But, um, I mean, first half, I thought United were actually pretty dominant, Um yeah, you know, aside from the the fact that Southampton scored a jammy goal um, with a huge deflection and uh, and a hundred percent a foul um, ahead of actually scoring it. <laughs> I mean, it looked clear and obvious to me, but I guess I saw what I wanted to see also in that in that situation. Oh, I, I mean, man, man, just barged him off the ball. I mean, it look if the bar is now you have to shoot the player in order for VAR to overturn it. What's the point? All right, Jürgen. Um, the the, uh, the most frustrating thing, I mean, um, you, you said Fred and Matic were bad in midfield. I, I would say that um, Fred, uh, well, Matic made Fred look like peak Redondo or something. <laughs> Matic was, Matic was, when, when Fred was substituted and you're shouting at the telly, why are you taking him off? And you're talking about Fred you know the other player that's playing with him is having a bad game. Uh, I thought Nemanja Matic was staggeringly, staggeringly poor in this game. Yeah. Every first touch turned into a, a a ball that he had to stretch to receive his own passing. I mean, clearly he's in the side for progressive passing yeah. because, um, it, you know, Solskjaer believed that we'd have more of the possession and we did, but it didn't work because Matic just looked cooked. Yes, I mean, he's, look, we've been saying this for, how long has he been at the club? Three years. Uh, his legs have gone. Yeah. And, it, I mean, yeah. he had a pre-season, so we can't, there's not that excuse. He's had a very full pre-season, didn't play in the Euros. So it's it's just the fact that he's, his legs aren't there anymore and he, he can't do the running. And I think that's affecting his passing. So you're right, he's there to make those forward balls. Now Fred's there to do the defensive contribution. And he does that. I mean, I just saw some stats this week. He um, provides something like 18% of all of Manchester United's defensive contributions, which is quite a lot. And um, Right, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he, he does the harrying and the tackling and the intercepting and the blocking and stuff like that. We can argue whether mm. it's, it's good quality, but he's doing a lot of it. 
Uh, and, you know, obviously we know his passing is dreadful, which which you're quite right, you know. So Matic comes into the side with the idea of being able to get the ball forward to Pogba and Bruno to do something. And there wasn't quite enough of that for United to go and win the game. And then, but really, in, in truth, the... the United were architects of their own downfall. I mean, more than over two goals worth of XG in this game for United and half a goal of XG for Southampton. Uh, the reason this is a one-all draw and not a win is because United's defenders can't bolt, cut Well, defenders and defensive midfielders couldn't um, couldn't cope with a very basic press. I mean, Southampton got a lot of praise from the commentators. Uh, well, the, the lead commentator, I, I don't know who it was in particular, was sort of saying, oh, they've really turned it on. It's like, they haven't turned it on. United have just started passing the ball to them every time they try and play out from the back. It was a extraordinarily frustrating performance um, in terms of... Uh, and, and Individuals, they they were all at it. Wan Bissaka passed the uh, passed the ball directly to a Southampton player at one point. Maguire did it. Pretty sure Lindelof did it too. Um, Matic certainly did. It, it was just the inability to sustain periods of possession for the first twenty minutes of the second half. I thought it was going to be a procession for United. You know, it looked like they were going to score at will. I, I think the the problem wasn't in the the kind of attacking third at all. Although. Um, once I, I thought it was a very strange decision to go back to the beginning of the game to play Martial through the middle and Greenwood out wide in this game. I, I did think that was a an odd selection choice, Ed. Yes, given that Greenwood had scored in the previous game and has looked lively and Martial's only just back from, what, five months out. I mean, it showed, didn't it, with Martial? He, he had a dreadful game. And I don't want to yeah. dump on Martial because, you know, I'm not anti-Martial, and by any means, I just, it's hard to see where he goes from here after a dreadful last campaign. I mean, he was terrible all last season and injuries bit yeah. into that as well. And, and he's had a really poor game today. So, you know, don't want to be too reactive, but the evidence isn't looking strong that he's going to make some comeback and be the Martial of old. Um, so, you know, Solskjaer has a, a, you know, a, a question to ask there, doesn't he? You know, Sancho sort of, um, on the sidelines, waiting to to be fit enough to start a game, and and Greenwood having started the season so well, it, it seems fairly obvious what Solskjaer can do until until Cavani is back um, today, or sorry Sunday, not today, because you know we're recording this on I don't know what day now, Wednesday. Um, it, you know, Sunday Mar- Martial was really poor, and and he got hauled off after an hour or so, and and it probably could have come earlier. Um, one thing that was was telling though was after the substitutions, United did sort of lose all impetus really, and and I do think taking Fred off for McTominay was a very very strange decision in that game. I don't know if there was a fitness issue or what he was trying to just get some more bustly movement forward, but it, it seemed like taking Matic off would have been would have made the balance of the side work a, a great deal better. But I mean, whatever the, the the problems were, serious lapses of concentration and individual errors in defensive performances. And uh, the goal, United's goal was lovely. I mean, the finish was terrible, not terrible, but the finish scrappy. looked scrappy. Um, but the, the build-up to that was was really nice. Yeah, Pogba um, involved twice. And, well, Pogba uh, had a good game. You know, he's... He's not getting excellent. Yeah, he, look, he's not getting the ball as much as he does when he's playing in a central area, um, but he's creating more because he's much higher up the pitch. Uh, and and I think you know this is this is the 
quote unquote solution, I think, to the Pogba problem at United. It just creates other challenges, doesn't it? Because now in central midfield, United are sort of mid-table level and they're world class up front with all the other attacking options. So, or could could be, yeah, should be this season. So, um, it's uh, you know, it's it's an interesting balance or challenge for Solskjaer to try and solve. But you know, I thought Pogba was excellent again, heavily involved in that goal. Managed to just toe poke it to Mason, who who got the shot away, and it was enough. Um, I'd love to be able to come up with some sort of te- te- clever tactical reason for understanding why um United kept shooting themselves in the foot but it really did just look like a sort of concentration issue a nerves issue something along those lines uh maybe it's a little bit about the the sort of relative lack of movement ahead of the defenders from the midfield maybe it's something to do with that but um but it it just happened over and over and over again and United really surrendered impetus because, as you say, Pogba was excellent and after that first goal, it really did look like a matter of time. I figured that Sancho would come on and uh, and maybe tear it up from the right-hand side with Greenwood moving into the centre. That was definitely the substitution I think everybody wanted to see. Um, Sancho played all over the the place, played on the left quite a lot, um, although I do think ostensibly he was he was playing off the right. Um, but Greenwood through the middle made made a big difference, and Bruno and Pogba both looked kind of at it. Um, and yeah, and then uh, for that last twenty minutes, it was just it was just immensely, immensely frustrating, and uh, and felt kind of back to square one ish. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm sure I'm sure the addition of Varane to that uh, back line and start and, and you know starting with an attack of Pogba on the left, Greenwood in the middle, and Sancho on the right, um, and things look a lot brighter. I think so. I mean, there's Wolves to come next week, and we may well see Sancho starting. He's had that would be an extra week of training, another half an hour he got. I don't think they've gonna. Uh, behind closed doors game arranged for this week. They did have that one against Burnley last week just to get some of these players extra time but um they you know they've all had a lot of training now and we may well see both Varane and Sancho start in that game and and I think it will add you know a big uh, you know certainly going forward it's going to add a lot Sancho because I think we we'll, we'll, it still seems the narrative so that I see on the internet so you know take that with a pinch of salt is that people expect Sancho to be hugging the touchline and pinging in crosses. He's, he's not that player. He's going to be playing, you know, intricate, join-the-dots football um, up front, which will work extremely well with Bruno, Pogba and Greenwood, I suspect. Um, and there'll be a lot of flexibility. He's a very flexible player and he's going to add a lot of creativity to that side. So, you know, it, it's it's coming sooner or later. Uh, it's coming. Of course, of course, the sub that happened... Um, Late in the game, I guess against Southampton, uh, Ollie's Ollie's hail mary was Jesse Lingard introduced. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he gets any minutes because it doesn't look like he's being sold. So this is f- the final year of his contract, and he's going to be coming on for five minute cameos once a month or something like that. I mean, the the other thing in terms of substitutions is just Donny Van der Beek, like. I mean, I don't know what the guy's done. He doesn't even get a a five-minute cameo anymore, does he? 
And Jesse Lingard gets his five-minute cameo. I mean, uh, Van der Beek's agent saying everyone knows that he can't have the season that he had last season. And, and you know, I, I think Solskjaer has made some public noises about some, you know, playing him more. But I couldn't, couldn't help thinking that if you want a progressive passer alongside Fred in, in the number eight role, maybe he's a better choice than Nemanja Matic. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not, it, not, not not to go over old grand too much, but it's, it's obvious Solskjaer doesn't trust him as a as an eight or a six. So Clearly. he doesn't even really trust him as a as a replacement mm. ten, I don't think. So, I, look, I think this is all about the market. If, if United could get a fee for Van der Beek, I think they probably would have sold him. Same with Lingard. Uh, and maybe one of the central defenders because they've got a hell of a lot right now. Although Tunzebi has gone to Aston Villa on loan, hasn't he? Um, so it, it, there's just no market. It's very, very hard to to get a fee for players or any kind of substantial fee. So, you know, I wonder whether the bean counters are going, well, maybe if we wait a year, there's a more chance of getting a fee because it's probably a loan at a number that's lower than the amortisation on Van der Beek's fee. So... You know, it's not providing United any value, so they might as well just have him in the squad, just in case. Yeah. It's awful for the player. I mean, it's a horrible move all round, isn't it? Yes. Um, So there's been some activity in the transfer market. You mentioned Twanzebe going on loan to Villa. Andres Pereira has found a home for himself in Brazil. He's going to play for Flamengo. Weird. Um, which is a cool... That, that's a cool loan move, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the problem is there's no money in Brazilian football either. So this will be a small loan fee with an option to buy at 20 million euros, it sounds like. Um, and, you know, that option wasn't taken up after he had a pretty average season at Lazio last season. I mean, Brazilian football is not the standard it was when Pele was around. Um, players normally of Andres Pereira's age are disappearing to Europe, not back from Europe. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know, it's an odd one. I, I presume United are paying most of his wages as well. Uh, and this is some kind of shop window, but it's not much of a shop window. Uh, Brandon Williams, Marlon Brandon Williams, has um, yes. made the move to Norwich City, not Southampton, where there were some issues around money. I wonder if uh, United have moved on the money or uh, or Norwich are prepared to pay a substantial amount of Williams' wages. Yeah, one and a half million loan fee, so says the internet on this one, which isn't an right. awful lot. And and here is different because I, I don't think they're looking for a shop window. I think they're hoping he can rediscover the form that he had when he came into the side ahead of Luke Shaw uh, and seems to have lost for whatever reason that I don't know. So, you know, but if he gets some games, that'd be great. He looks like he'll play at left back because obviously Max Aarons is at right back and there's someone, you know, pops in and, and buys Aarons before the end of the transfer window, which could happen because there's a lot of interest, very interesting player. Um, and United needed some need some cover at right back. There is none now in the squad um, at all. So uh, you know maybe maybe Atletico blink and and Kieran Trippier becomes available. They'll do that deal. Otherwise, Aaron Wan-Bissaka is going to be playing sixty games again this season. I imagine mm. he didn't have a very good game um, against Southampton either. Really, I thought Wan-Bissaka. United is still nope. a bit lopsided in terms of attacking intent. 
Yeah, and you know we hope that Sancho balances that out a little bit. But like you say, that'll that'll be, you know, Aaron Wan-Bissaka's role in that will, generally speaking, to be a decoy, and uh, everyone's going to know he's a decoy, which is why they were doubling up on whoever was near him and letting him have the ball in space all last season. Uh, the ultimate ignominy for any professional footballer, I guess. Um, I mean, the the the. The lack of an existing transfer market at all is sort of fascinating because United are in a position where they've they've done these two fantastic bits of business. And, you know, we're talking about Sancho coming back in, coming into the side and what difference that will make to the balance of United's attack. For me, he's by far the second priority in terms of the two signings we've made uh, and getting them into the starting eleven. Uh, the player that needs to get into that starting eleven as soon as possible is Rafael Varane. Um, I think inevitably Lindelof had quite a good game against Leeds and Solskjaer was never going to drop him for this, but I would not be at all surprised to see Varane and Maguire start against Wolves at the weekend, four o'clock Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I mean, he's got to start at some point, hasn't he? And and I think a couple of weeks of training, uh, I mean, he won't have had any games at all. I don't think there's a reserve game he can play in. So, I mean, that'll be it, but he's got to play at some point. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, you know, we've talked at length about why he's such a good signing, but I think we saw it in that back line. I mean, uh, you know, Maguire attracted a ton of praise for his performances in the Euros um, and he just immediately looked half the player again uh, in, in this game um, because that balance around him is just, is just clearly not right. Um, so... We'll get Varane back in the side. We'll get Sancho in the side. No immediate worries. And I think, you know, we we know what United are on course for this season. We we dare to dream about a challenge for the league title. But uh, given that the transfer market to sell players just doesn't exist, we're not going to get a defensive midfielder in. I mean, we do not need to have the conversation about how incredibly short-sighted it is not to just bung another 50, 60 million into the market. Like, it's not like that money's going to make or break the club, no, is it? No, it's not. Ed? No, this is, this is entirely about how much free cash flow United have. I mean, they are dipping into their uh, revolving credit line uh, and how much they can pay, therefore paying a dividend to the Glazers. I'm sorry to be totally cynical, but it's exactly that. You know, United are managing the business yep. like that. Um, this is a time when basically FFP is dead uh, and United have never had an FFP problem anyway or anywhere close to it. Um, you know, there are creative deals to be done. Um, it, it, you never know. I mean, speculation this week and that that Sol Niguez from Atletico Madrid may become available. Who I don't know anything about that one. Um, he's a good player. He's a kind of busy all-rounder, really. I wouldn't say he was a pure defensive midfielder. I mean, he contributes nothing uh, from an attacking sense um, and, and sort of busy in, in midfield. I don't know whether he's the perfect fit for United there and whether it solves the problem... You know, the imbalance is caused by the fact that United cannot play two eights because 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 no one trusts one of McTominay, Matic or Fred to play that defensive midfield role on their own. Um, and so that, mm. that would, as well as just quality and numbers in central midfield, that would that maybe would solve a problem. Um, I, as I mentioned last week, I really know nothing about Edward Camavinga. You know, there's mixed reports on him. Very young, very talented. Sounds like he would rather go to... One of the big Spanish clubs, if you believe the press, or Paris Saint-Germain, wouldn't everyone, you know, big numbers on the contract there and he can run down his contract. So maybe available on the cheap. And and clubs have been taking 
uh, staged payments. You know, United have done the deals for Varane and Sancho because they're paying these fees of what seventy million and forty million over five years each. Yeah, lots of creativity wow. can be done in the in the market right now uh, because there's no money. Yeah. Um, I guess the one serious issue is the the crazy inflation of United's wage bill um, and not getting any of the players. I mean, that Phil Jones contract, you know, <laughs> Phil Jones is a is a is a player who had genuinely phenomenal potential, whose career was wrecked by injuries and shouldn't be a figure of fun. He's a figure of fun because his face is funny. And that's really sad given that his career is, you know, what he could have been has never got close to being reached. But when United gave him that contract, this isn't like, oh, in retrospect, that wasn't a very good idea. Every single one of us was going, what the hell are you even beginning to think about playing at? Um, And it's just such a good example of how the squad's been mishandled over an extended period of time. And these players that, I mean, I guess United couldn't have predicted the middle of the market completely disappearing. But I've got a sort of more general question, I guess, which is... um, do you think that there'll be any return to action in the middle of the market at the back end of this window? Do you reckon the, the next week or so is going to see clubs making big moves or is everyone just going to go, nah, do you know what, let's just try and do it with the squad we've got? I mean, I, in terms of the Premier League, I think that's it. I don't think there are any huge moves to come. I'd be really surprised. Uh, you know, I, I'd be really, really surprised. I think there may be some creative ones, as I said, loans, loans with options, two-year loans with options, all, all sorts of stuff to, to to manage the cash flow. Because there has been, a, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds sucked out of the Premier League, so we shouldn't expect the... Yeah. You know, and, and the Premier League is still the richest in Europe, as we've seen this market. There's not much happening elsewhere, unless um, you believe that Real Madrid's... Uh, apparent 130 million pound bid for Mbappe is actually real. It's not, I don't think. Um, but uh, I'd, I'd be really surprised. But hey, you know, weird things do happen. Um, it, it, it's going to be like, look, we all have big hopes for this season, don't we? The, those two signings are are big moves forward. United should be better than last season, but there is still that big hole, and there's you know that's that's a weakness that United haven't plugged which isn't a weakness at City because City have 97 world-class midfielders and zero forwards <laughs> and isn't a weakness at Chelsea. I mean, they, although they're short on numbers in, in central midfield, they've got high quality there, haven't they? Uh, and yep. and high quality everywhere else. Uh, and Liverpool, well, we'll see. They they do have some, you know, problems in their squad and they, they're not spending big, much to Jurgen Klopp's, you know, sort of chagrin. Um, but we imagine they're going to be probably better than the last season. And even when they had a desperately poor season last season, they managed to make fourth. So the the challenge is bigger for United, even if United have made a couple of steps forward. Yeah. Um, and it's time to, you know, it'll be it'll be the next few weeks where we start to see how much of an impact that those steps forward will have made. Um, I, I mean, I, I really thought that we would have enough to beat Southampton and really and truly, we did have enough to beat Southampton. We just, uh, you know, 
got and the goal the goal we conceded was spectacularly unfortunate that yeah. they had one other really good chance which was the one where oh, i can't even remember his name the play they signed from the championship Armstrong. um had the shot yeah armstrong had that shot which de gea did a, a decent job of saving uh one-on-one um so you know a little bit of uh misfortune but uh you know it's not like there were huge uh, when when your best xg chances are all headers you're like mm, you know you can you can understand why none of those go in because yeah. you know headers are headers are hard to score aren't they i mean we did cause all manner of problems from set pieces by the way worth worth a mention uh, maybe united's new set piece co- set piece coach is making an immediate difference well, hey, maybe it's the best signing of the summer because it's a it's a big weakness, isn't it? And, and they've gone and addressed it, and and that's that's what gives me a little bit of confidence that you know they've plugged in some of the coaching gaps. Um, they brought in a few new coaches actually, um, in the in the background, um, as well as into the under twenty threes. You know, so there is a vision. You know, it, whether that's Ollie or Murta or some combination, it seems like the sporting structure at United has has you know been given a bit of an uplift is a bit more professional than it was uh, what i don't know that may have that may have factored into the the deals for Sancho and Varane there were deals to be done there of course um but also just the structure around the place you finally you know 15 years too late but finally there or at least 8 years too late uh yeah. and, and so you know that that gives me hope that that things are moving in the right direction uh, and and then for just this this match, you know, it could have gone differently. I I do think there's been qu- quite a negative sort of reaction from the Twitterati, hasn't there? And and I suppose that always happens. It's, I don't it's, know. It's so uh, yeah, no, no. You've done the sensible thing and deleted that nonsense. Um, <laughs> it's pure bottom half of the bottom half of the internet, isn't it, Twitter? Uh, but but yeah, the reaction was fairly negative. And um, you know, God, I'm thinking, man. Um, short short preseason, better than most, better than the last one, but you know not perfect because of the Euros. And we're second game into the season. United have created two XGs worth of chances, not been able to take them in a fairly scrappy game. Let's let's not overreact, folks. <laughs> I think you know. I, I mean, look. <laughs> well, it's a good job. It, it's a good job you were on a Ed. It's a good job you were on a plane and we didn't record this podcast at four o'clock on a Sunday because you've heard a lot from that. You'd have heard a lot of that from me. Yeah, I was immensely frustrated at the nature of the performance. Oh no, for sure. And I, you know, I I get that totally. Um, you know, I I enjoyed the first half on the plane because I was sat on the tarmac at. Um, JFK because uh, as the captain said on the plane the ground staff from Delta throwing them under the bus uh, weren't (laughs) able to shut the door and and look I was kind of glad they took their time to make sure the door was shut properly because an open (laughs) cargo door is and you're taking off at 700 miles an hour or whatever is not good it's not good so I was kind of happy about that not good managed to watch the second half when I got back to Blighty um, and I, I, you know, I, I can share your frustration, even though, of course, I knew the result by then, uh, and um, you know, and, and and was to able to take a step back as a result. So, it, look, anyway, I, I'm not, I'm not hugely um, downcast by this result or the performance, particularly. I, I kind of, you know, I kind of know what we're going to get from United. I think we're going to get a slight step forward from the second half of last season, which was. Pretty good, you know, in terms of results. Now, there's there's some vagaries of um, of sort of uh, stats that we have to factor in here, where United kind of outperformed 
um, in terms of results, what the stats say they should have done, especially away from home. And now we've got fans back. Is that going to sort of change the balance of away results as well? I don't know. I mean, it has done in aggregate. Whether it will do for United, I don't know. So there are some question marks there. United's performances at home will have to improve if, for some reason, the away performances sort of revert back to the mean in some way. Um, but, you know, the, the only thing that makes me feel slightly wary from my second place prediction is that uh, I think the challenge from Chelsea is going to, it looks like it's going to be very strong, doesn't it? So, um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. And I, I, yeah, I think, I mean, I think I predicted that we'd finish third, right? Yeah. Um, and that's still what I think. And, and but, in, a, in a way, um, you know, Gary Neville made this argument, didn't he? He said United can, can, you know, move forward while finishing fourth. And, and that may well be yeah. true. It's just a stronger Premier League this season than last season. Yeah, that, that is absolutely true. Um, but they, you know, there were moments of attacking play which looked pretty coherent and pretty together in that in that game, which is a good thing. But just too many really big, really unnecessary errors. Um, and that's, that's what cost us in the end. Um, Wolves have lost both of their Premier League games. Yep. So they won 4-0 in the Carabao Cup this week. Um... Uh, lots and lots and lots of shots. Uh, they're 25 shots uh, against Tottenham to Tottenham's uh, eight or something like that. Uh, the XG in favour of Tottenham, but not if you take out the penalty in that game and the XG in favour of Wolverhampton Wanderers against Leicester in that first game. So perhaps they've been, uh, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen a minute of Wolves so far this season, um, but I think they've probably been, uh, it sounds like they've been a little bit unfortunate. Um, uh, Nuno, this is the post-Nuno era and Wolves are having 25 shots in a game. Yes, Bruno Lage, the um, the Portuguese coach, because it couldn't be anything other than Portuguese coach <laughs> of course. player, could it, at Wolves? Um, coming in and, and shaking up the style a little bit because they got Raul Jimenez back. Good to see him back because, I mean, um, he, he gave a couple of interviews on his return saying that the doctor said he was much closer to this being a fatality than perhaps we understood. You know, this is a, was a really, really serious injury. Not only the oh, yeah. fractured skull, but, but fragments of bone in his brain. Um, so, oh. you know, to make a return, he's got this... Uh, uh, kind of weird-looking helmet padding thing uh, that he's going to have to wear for the rest of his career, um, but that's a big bonus for Wolves, isn't it? You know, they, they've they've gone backwards a bit, of course, in terms of um, you, know, you know what they have in their squad, and they sold a couple of key players last season. We'll see. There's some speculation that Adama Traore maybe maybe sold as well, probably for much less than the hundred and fifty odd million that the owners were looking for a couple of years ago. Um, so they, they're kind of having to start again and, and rebuild. But yeah, it looks like they've got a different style. It'd be interesting to see if that works for Bruno Large or um, if these early results are an indicator that they're, they're going to struggle a bit this season. Um, you know, this is back at Old Trafford, isn't it, on Sunday? Oh, no, it's no. A, no, it's a Wolves. Yeah, it's a Wolves. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. United on the road again. Are we going to get United on the road going behind and... A famous comeback win, as we've seen for 27 games unbeaten in the Premier League on the road, um, which equals the Premier League record. Um, or, or are we going to get more of the scrappy stuff that we saw 
at Southampton? Well, I don't know. We could get both because that's what happened at Southampton was we went behind and then uh, addressed it at least to a, a non-losing position. Um, yeah, I feel very poorly equipped to preview this game as if as if I ever feel well equipped to preview our games. Um, certainly in terms of what Wolves are doing, just because I, I haven't been paying attention to the to the Bruno Lage era. I like the fact that they didn't just get a Portuguese manager; they got a manager with the most Portuguese possible name. You know, you've got to go full Portugal when you pronounce <laughs> his name, haven't you? Yes, full Bruno Fernandes situation, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind it when commentators do that. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to pull it off because uh, my, my Portuguese is not so good. They, they, look, they've in their their two games today. They played four, three, four, three, uh, and uh, with um, Traore, Jimenez, and, and Trincao as the the player they've got on loan, uh, like uh, oh, from course, from yeah. Barcelona. Who look a lot of people really rate him, young young player, and uh, hasn't hasn't really done anything in the two games to date, but. Um, they, you know, think he's got a real potential. So it's 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 certainly an attacking looking lineup. Um, you know, Neves and Moutinho's the double pivot, which is Moutinho maybe old but very high quality. Um, so there's, you know, they it looks very different to the Nuno era. Um, maybe that means it's going to be more open because. You know what? If it's open, United win the game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They certainly should. Um, and, and you know, I, I do think this this game, in theory, should suit United quite well. The, the reason that I find it impossible to predict is just, you know, I, I said this when when making a prediction that we'd beat Southampton 4-0. My brain just tells me that the same thing that happened in the last game is going to happen in the next game. Um but really and truly, systemically, I think United will be fine. It's whether they take the opportunities they create and whether they cough up unnecessary big chances through lack of concentration at the back again. I mean, they didn't do that at all against Leeds um, and they did it a lot against Southampton. Yeah. Let's let's see. I mean, it's, it's I don't know how much more reductive you could be, but it's which United turn up, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's, it's been like that for since the beginning of last season basically we look even if i mean strictly i think i think it's fairly sound caveats of the you know the obvious weaknesses that we all know are there um and yeah. and you know it's just got the bigger weapons there's just so many more options cavani may well make the bench i'm not sure could do he's he's out of, oh, okay. he's out of isolation and we'll see about that one um but just so you know so many weapons up front and well we're not just talking about uh, Phil Jones refusing to give up the number four shirt <laughs> weapon um but wow <laughs> did he refuse or was he I don't was know. he asked I, I I imagine he was not asked I I honestly <laughs> don't know it was just one of those stupid stories going around <laughs> um, uh, kind of funny though uh, he may well disappear uh, Phil Jones uh, apparently on loan uh, to a championship club because you know hey he should do to go rebuild his career and United are getting no value out of the £150,000 a week we're still paying the yeah um for lesser absolutely words absolutely remarkable yeah anyway so look loads of options well, why, like, it's not his it's not his fault then why i hate this i hate <laughs> that he gets all this opprobrium what's he done wrong well apart from like he's been... apart from not being fit uh which look could <laughs> could well it could be just pure luck and none of it's his fault or it could be he's not looked after himself properly i don't know yeah um uh yeah 
I don't know. It's just, I, I just these are people. They're real humans. Like they're not just, you know, Phil Jones is not a cartoon character. No, no. Right. Phil, Phil Jones is that alien out of Men in Black. You know, the one that's uh, inside the skin of the farmer. That, that's Phil Jones. He, he's not human. I've seen that. I've seen the evidence. He's not. His face is not human. I, I look. I hear. Just, I hear you. Just doubling down on abusing another human being for the for entertainment. I am. Yes. Yeah. Isn't this what this yeah. pod's about? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So prediction for the Wolves game. I think United going to win. And Wolves don't. They look like they've started the game. The season slowly. Um, they are more open. Uh, and uh, I know there'll be fans at uh, Molyneux and that's uh, that is, uh, upped Wolves' game against us a few times, hasn't it? Uh, but I'm going to go. For, I'm going to go for a two-one win for United. Uh, I am going to continue to predict the last thing that happened will happen again and predict a one-all draw. Um, uh, Patreon backers, stay tuned. We'll talk a little bit about the rest of the football around uh, around England at the weekend and everyone else. We will see you next week after the Wolves game. Thanks for listening. See you then.